Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Uh, hi, uh, this is Andy Richter, and you are listening to The Three Questions uh, once again. And uh, today I have a, uh, a legend, a, a New York City legend currently, but soon to be a world legend. Can I say that, Murray? Is that, I mean, hey, is that you know fair? What? How much do I owe you? <laughs> I'm talking to Murray Hill here today. Keep going. I'm talking to Murray Hill today. <laughs> uh, and I'm so happy to have you on. We're talking by Zoom. Um, which, you know, cause we're on different coasts, you know, uh, you're East coast, I'm West coast. I think I'm, I'm, I'm about as West coast as it gets. And I'm about as East coast as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you, and well, what are you doing? What's, what's your summer like? What are you doing with yourself these days? Well, you know, it, I don't want to get political right off the bat, but you know, there's a writer's strike. So there's a reason why I'm at home talking to you today. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same thing too. Yeah, yeah, I'm the yeah. same thing. This so, podcast, these podcasts are, you know, they're bulletproof in terms of, uh, you know, industry downturns and stuff. Uh, <laughs> we got this covered. So busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's keeping me from, you know, from that next job, as you know. Yeah. But, uh, I have, I'm in this show right now, and, I, and I'm not, I didn't want to come on here to promote anything, but I'm on a show um, called Drag Me to Dinner, and it's, yeah. a, it's an unscripted show. And yeah. Wow. And I'm excited because uh, can you swear on this program? You sure you sure as fuck can. As you know, it's it's a shit show out there as far as what's happening with uh, <laughs> trans people, queer people, drag people. So uh, yeah. this whole this whole summer and this whole month, my whole uh, mission in life is to say, fuck you. Yeah, we're here. We're, we're great. We're, we're very fun people. And there's nothing to yeah. be afraid of. So that's what absolutely. I'm doing this Absolutely. It's so it's so maddening. I mean, you know, look, I'm cishet, cishet, normal, Midwestern, boring guy, you know, like polo shirt wearing dad uh, that I can be. But it's just so dumb. It's all like I, it's yes. It, and I mean, I know it's easy for me to say it's dumb. It's hateful. It's terrifying. It's chilling. It's also so fucking dumb. It's all yeah, it's like, stupid. it's like we, you know, going backwards and like it, there, there wasn't, you know, like what was, what life seemed to be getting better. It just seemed, you know, it seemed to be like more inclusive. People were, t- you know, it's crazy well, to problem. me. That, that's yeah. people got scared. 
I know. And it, but I mean, but they also too, the problem too, is that they're like cynically being misdirected to hating on trans people because what else do these people have to talk about? More tax cuts for rich people, you know, like m- building more walls at the border that don't work. It's like, they don't have any ideas. So they got to pick on people. And it's just depressing how many people are willing to go along with that. You know, yeah, it's, it's a diversion tactic. It, yeah. You know, you, you said, uh, you said, you know, you're a heterosexual, cis, white, you know, chubby guy from the Midwest. Well, you know, everybody knows what you look like. And hopefully they'll look me up after today. But I look exactly <laughs> the same as you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But I'm not, so I'm only a little different, Andy. So yeah. we're just a couple of guys. What's the big I deal? I know. I know. What's the big deal? Well, it's all just, it, yeah, it's all, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's really, it's depressing. It's it's annoying. And it just, uh, like I say, you know, how long ago was it that Ellen DeGeneres had a sitcom in which she came out as gay and it was the biggest fucking news in the world? And now. That was in the 90s. Yeah. And that's that's not that long ago. And now it's like. You know, just having having someone, a character being gay as like a an exclamation point. It's like it's a period. It's not an exclamation point anymore, which thank God, thank or a comma. You know, it's like I know you're in comedy. It's like, yes. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh, it's silly. It's just it's like uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, but I'm glad you're fighting and I'm glad you're out there doing this because it is important. It is important to just. Just get them to cut it out. And then also, too, you know, you I try to avoid it. But it's like when you look at they talk about grooming. When you look at who's grooming, it's like it's clergy. It's not it's not drag queens or kings. You know, it's I clergy. So, it. yeah, let's go. Let's let's start. a. Uh, let's get real people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you say you're an East Coaster. Where are you from originally? So I grew up on in New England. Oh, okay. So a, bunch of, a whole bunch of different places. And then I ended up in New York. In New York. I, I think I've been here. You know, it's when you forget how long you've been here, you know, you've done a good job. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe 25 years now. Something like that. Well, me, I mean, I was aware of you back when I lived in New York, mainly because I loved that your name was a neighborhood. Which I don't yes. know if even people outside of, did you live in Murray Hill or did you just pick it? I mean, it? it's not even an interesting story, but my first apartment in, uh, in New York, it was, it was like literally the size of a matchbook was on 23rd and uh, Lexington. And yeah. I had a post up. My, my apartment was so small. I didn't even have a, a mailbox. So I had to go, you know, five blocks up the street to get a mailbox. And then when I was starting doing this and I didn't have a name yet. It, I I just walked down the street and it was like Murray Hill Diner, Murray Hill Cinemas, yeah. Murray Hill Post Office, and I was like ah, Murray Hill. So yeah, it is from. <laughs> it's the a good name. It's a it really works. good name. Yeah, and it, I also love because it's one of the most. And I uh, sorry, Murray Hillers. It's one of the most like nondescript like forgettable neighborhoods in New York city. Like I, I bet people live there that don't even really realize where Murray Hill is, you know, and it's, that it's still even... nobody cares about it. Still. Yeah. 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 But well, now when you came, what, at what age did you move to New York then? Or if you, if you, if I may ask. No, I, I could try to remember. I don't know exactly how old I was, but it, I'm 51 now. Uh huh. I'm not so good at the math. I got here in 94. 
27. Did you, had you always known like you were going to end up down there in New York City that you'd get out of New England or? Um, I always knew I had to get out of New England. I always knew. Like, yeah. even, you know, I was very ignorant and grew up in a, you know, pretty right wing family, mm-hmm. very conservative community. So, you know, without knowing anything, because I was naive, I, I knew I had to get out. So that's one thing I yeah. at least knew. Yeah. And I made a little jump and I went to um, undergraduate in Boston. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, after a little time there, I was like, I got to get out of here. Now, I love Boston, <laughs> but, you know, Boston's yeah, pretty yeah. here. I don't want any problems. You know what I mean? Right, you know what I'm right, right. I know so, what you're talking about. Boston has, a, Boston has its own, you know, uh, foibles, let's say, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a good way to put it. A nice yeah. neutral way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I got the hell out of there, and I got to New York, and that's when... Uh, you know, I really, you know, blossomed and found myself yeah. and found my people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Had you been performing in New England uh, or in college? So I, I, got, I got a crazy story, but I started off as an athlete, believe it or not. I didn't always oh, wow. look like this. And, you know, and an artist. So, you know, you couldn't do in the suburbs, you couldn't do sports and theater at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you had, you had, and of course you got to do sports. You know, that's right. just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went to art school in Boston and then for painting, but I got obsessed with photography. Uh-huh. And I had a professor who was like a total weirdo. And he turned me on to Nan Golden and Diane Arbus and all these kind of like underground uh, documentary yeah. photographers. And I just got obsessed because, you know, I, I came from a very sheltered environment. And now I'm looking at these pictures with like, and I wasn't out yet, right? So out is what? Still a good question. But you know, it, it was like, <laughs> but out is I'm like out is uh, as Murray. Out. Yeah, you ha- you yeah, weren't Murray, Murray yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm using that. <laughs> I had therapy already today. <laughs> Thank God this is free. This session. yeah. Oh, this is absolutely free. You know, I so long story short, I started photographing drag queens in Boston in the underground in the nightlife. Wow. And I just got really obsessed with it. And my teacher encouraged me. And he like he put up one of my pictures of drag queen um, in the lobby of the, the school. And the next day it was gone. And, and you know, that's kind of where my fire got started because they took it down. The, you know, the the admin board or whatever. They took it down because they thought it was offensive. Wow. And it was, you know, it was not offensive. It was just literally a picture of a drag queen smoking a cigarette. Right. And we're talking it's early 90s, 90s too. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, you know, yeah, it's it not the It was the height 50s. of the PC era then. Ah. Uh, but now yeah, we call yeah. it woke, but then it was PC, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it was, it was around then. So I wasn't performing, but I was documenting drag queens performing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it. You know, they had school assemblies about talking about censorship and the difference between painting and photography, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was I was a little schmuck and I, and I was like, you know what? This wouldn't be happening in New York. I, I had that in my head. So yeah. I like got out of there. Oh, and I wow. started photographing in New York, Wigstock, like Lady Bunny. Yeah. You know, all these people who I'm friends with now. And Tompkins and, Square Park, right? Isn't that where that yeah, is? Yeah, well, it moved. Yeah. It, it started there, but then when it got, this is before Drag Race and the internet uh-huh. and all that stuff. Right, right. It was on the piers and it was like sponsored by Chase Bank. Like, wow. And then we we're like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> anyway, it was like my second weekend in New York and I'm photographing Wigstock. And then I was like, you know what? Jesus, look around. Everyone's doing this. Everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I literally said, what's on the other side of the spectrum? And I found a listing in a print gay magazine. So that again, old. Yeah. And it was a, <laughs> there was a drag king pageant at this place called the Hershey bar in the meatpacking district. This is before the meatpacking district is what it is today. Yes. You didn't ever want to go over there. No, it was. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it was, yeah. it was weird. And it smelled like meat. It really smelled. It really smelled bad. Yeah. And, you know, you said it smelled like meat. There could be a double entendre there, but I'm going to tell everybody <laughs> who's listening. It actually did smell like meat. There were gay yeah. men there. Yes. But it actually smelled, smelled like meat. So we're not joking. Yeah, if you go there during the day, there were just like racks of carcasses being pushed yeah. around, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. So I, I went to this pageant and it was all, uh, you know, it was very mask representative and it was serious. And there wasn't any like camp humor, kind of like what I'd seen in Boston. Uh-huh. Long story short, I, I became the subject matter. Wow. I was like, oh, I want to bring this humor and this this camp comedy that I've been watching into, you know, into this space and you'll appreciate this because I have been a fan of yours since you started, you know, as a kid, I watched Johnny Carson, you know, I stayed up late. I snuck downstairs when I was supposed to be in bed and I watched every night. I watched Johnny Carson. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I love those big personalities like Buddy Hackett, Don Rickles, who I met, Shecky Green, you know, so I all, so all these things are kind of in my head and, and absorbing. And then, when I decided to become this character, like it was informed by all those old right. school Catskill guys. Yeah, yeah. Now it's the quick story. Did becoming Murray help you come out in like just sort of like in your day to day life, or did you just instantly kind of become Murray and you became trans? You know, like, or do you put names to it? I, you know, yeah, no, that, I know all these a, processes are very personal, but you know, I just yeah. I'm curious. No, that, that's a good question in, in a couple of ways, because one is, you know, I, I was joking around. I am in my 50s. So, you know, when I got to New York, we didn't have the language that there is today. Not anywhere yeah. near it. There was no trans mask, trans this, non-binary. Uh, gender fluid. Sen- yeah. yeah. Gender queer. Nothing. All it was was butcher femme. Yeah. Or fag or dyke. Right. That, yeah. That's it. That yeah. was it. It was either... You know, and in the community, you call each other fags and dykes and trannies and all that stuff back then. You don't anymore. But, you know, so there wasn't any any language. So me going into Murray was kind of was like a seamless thing. Yeah. Because I'd always been mistaken for a boy and always thought I was a boy. You know, like there's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was kind of seamless in that way. And so as far as identity politics and how I identify, like I definitely am somebody that doesn't um, like to go by anything. Yeah. And that's been part of, you know, I, I'm a little different than the generation now. It's, I'm just like, I just want to be Murray. Because like yeah. when somebody, you know, writes about you doing a show or you on one of your TV shows, you know, they're not like straight heterosexual exactly. male Andy Richter. Exactly. Right. So and that's so I want to be treated like you and like everybody else. Just yeah. Murray, yeah. Comedian Murray Hill. Yeah. But so I don't you... go by trans or drag king or any of that because it's it's also it's kind of reductive in my mind. Now people it need it is. and they use it and it's important to them. And I, I don't, you know, disrespect anybody's choices for me. It's just like, you know, I'm Murray. Yeah. Also, who yeah. gives a fuck? <laughs> That's the other part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, no, like, I mean, yeah. well, yeah. And I mean, and I agree with, uh, you know, that's the thing that, 
when I, when I, you know, write scripts or try to do ideas for things like I always like, I like when there's a character that's gay or, you know, or there's a character that's Native American and the whole point of them, you know, or, or you, you pick one of them and the whole point of the person isn't to just be, you know, here comes the gay character. You know, it's like, no, it's just the same way that somebody's left-handed or, you know, a character is a, you know, a, a hockey fan or yeah. a character is a mechanic. You know, it's just a part of the bio and... And you just want to be, you know, look at them like that and then just kind of, you know, get the personality of the person and forget about it. Well, Andy, I don't know if you've seen the uh, somebody somewhere. I have. I have. So, it. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful show. I love it. It's so, you. I'm, and you know, one of the most thrilling things about that show is how well received it is. Because when I first, I the first episode that I saw, I was like, ooh, I'm not sure if. People are going to, but they, it's, there's people, the people that love it really, really love it. And thank goodness they do. Yeah. And, and to what you just said, I think like my character on the show and Jeff Hiller's character, Joel, it's like, it's exactly what you said. We are people characters first. Yeah. So just like everybody else on the show, we also happen to be trans and happen to be gay. So it's not yeah. the Fred not going, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm trans, I'm trans. It's just like. You know, we have the same problems as everybody else, the same romances and, you know, processing we got to do and grief yeah. and all that stuff. So I'm just like blown away that HBO allowed us to do that. Yeah. And we didn't go down the path of, oh, here's the squirrely, you know, high maintenance queenie guy. And here's yeah, the yeah. trans mask guy that's getting beat up in the corner. Right. It's like, no, you know, Fred got married this season and Jeff has, uh, Joel has a lover. You know, it's so. I do see the show. It's like a quiet progress. Yeah. Because you know, it's a small show, but people yeah. are responding yeah, yeah. to it. And I think, I think it's because we're not in your face. We're just, yeah. kind of what I started off saying is like, we're just people. We're just people. Yeah. Emmy award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a crow? You as a performer mm -hmm. did, did Murray, did becoming Murray 
like, had you been a performer before or did Murray, when you became Murray, was it like a magical transformation into somebody who could be the life of the party and standing on stage and having everybody focus on you, you know? In, in that there was no language and role models and all that kind of stuff when I was young. I think Murray enabled, it's interesting because when I'm Murray, even now, after, you know, spending at least three or $4 million on therapy the last 30 years, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm more, you know, alive and present and, you know, full of life when I'm Murray. Yeah. So, you know, I think Murray in the beginning was like, you know, like, what's that analogy? Like when a rib is broken or something and it grows, like it grows, like Murray is like a, you know, a, one of those spare ribs that grows out of necessity. Like, you know, Murray <laughs> yeah. saved my life. Yeah. You know, I could have gone down a, a dark, you know, path. Yeah. And I think, I really think becoming Murray and like got me out of that. And it was a little disassociative to be, you know, because you're this persona, right? And, yeah. Which I want to talk older, about that too. Yeah. It, it merged more as I, as I got older, but you know, Murray got me to travel all over the world. He got me to meet people. I would never even think about. He, I feel like he's responsible for my relationships, my you know, Bridget, my deep friends, you know? So, yeah. you know, it, it it's kind of, it was kind of a survival mechanism that became yeah. a career. And then, you know, and also I've loved old school cat skills comedy for a, yeah. kids so you know it's all those things happening at once yeah well i love too that like your your act is like you know you got you got stuff about joey adams you know i mean just like, like, like i'm just like you are not going for the young crowd when you're doing you know joey adams and elvis impersonations and henny youngman bits you know i mean you <laughs> which i love that i love it so much because it's just, I, I've given up on like worrying about it because I'll say, I'll say my, my, my wife and I were just at a, a few months ago, we were at a, uh, a game night in which we, we were invited by, uh, friends of ours, but it was mostly, I would say it was like 85%, 90% beautiful young gay men was that just because the owners of the party and it's just how it shaped up. I was absolutely astounded at things that these guys did not know. Like, just like Suzanne Summers, I think was one of them. And they're like, I don't know who that is. And we're just like, what, what are you talking about? You know? And I have kid, I have a 22 year old and a 17 year old. And there's like, sometimes I'll reference people that I just am like, you know, like, I don't know, uh, Bert Convy. And they're like, not if I don't know who the fuck that is. I'm like, oh, These damn well. kids, Andy. Yeah, I know. I can't even, I'm not even going to, and that's like I say, I just stopped caring. I'm just going to make those references because I, what am I going to, I don't know any YouTubers. I don't know any influencers, you know? <laughs> so I got to stick with what I know. Um, were you that way as a kid? Like, were you, were you, did you, oh, were you watched the Tonight Show? So you, lo- you know, you I loved did. all that, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I always loved that it was fun. Like, I, that to me was the draw of of this whole business was that it was fun and it just seemed like these people have fun for a living and it it's well, you know it, it can be true right yeah it, yeah it, like like you know the um the dean martin roasts are on amazon prime now yeah and you know so you you know i i love dean martin the dean martin yeah, yeah. And stuff because you know he was always having fun 
But, you know, they're roasting each other and they're having a good time and they're really reading each other like crazy. Yeah. But it's still, t- I mean, some of it gets a little offensive now, but it, but right. the intention is yes. humor, love, and, yep. and really joy. And, yes. and like, that's, I think that stuff is gone today. So yeah, yeah. That's, I try to hold the torch, but, you know, even Don Rickles, I saw him live. Oh, yeah, the United Complete. I've seen him live about 15 times. Yeah. Sometimes Joan Rivers opened up for him. Wow. And then one time I saw Tony Danza open up for him. Wow. And the gray haired crowd was booing him because he went on for an hour. Can you imagine? We only have so much time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Tony has, he had his like, you know, his barber shirt, quartet hat, and his plain trombone. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic. Yeah, but I I was attracted to those big personalities. Yeah. That they just, they were, they were just having fun. It was like unbridled joy. Yeah, you, know, you wanted to hang out with them, and you wanted to hang out with Johnny too. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and I also you, watching you on TV. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, though, because those roasts to me also too are, I've actually been asked to be involved in them, but I can't. Uh, like they just they they do get a little too mean. Like well, they, now you know, it's like mean, yeah, yeah. Well, now it's mean. now it's really cutting, you know. But yeah. it it's still it also too is just like these are. I mean, a lot of those people obviously had the stuff written for them, but yeah. to me it was always, and it, it was one of the things I liked about early Twitter is like, it's a joke party. It's like a, it's like yeah. a party of people writing jokes and, you know, and jokes, there's formulas to them, but the whole idea is if you use the formula and you can still surprise somebody, that's fantastic. You know, it's a really mm-hmm. fun feeling. So I, the, I look at those things and yeah, you're right. There's some of them, there's a lot of cringy stuff in it. Like Jesus Christ, the stuff like the way that the Rat Pack would talk about and use Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah. is you know just unbelievable. But I do believe they loved him. I do believe well, I that mean, they. It's it's very nuanced because you know, as I'm sure you know, like Sinatra was, you know, Sammy's biggest, you know, biggest supporter, and he yeah. he literally was like, I Jack Jack and Trotta, I'm not playing here. Unless yeah. Sammy stays in the same hotel as me. Right. So there was that, but the the way that they talked about him and even on those recordings now, you know, yeah. it, it's a little like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you, I mean, do you have a feeling about that, you know, because I get asked this kind of stuff all the time, usually by boring people. So I'm going to, I'm going to delve into the boring here. Um, but this whole thing about, do you think that comedy's being squashed by, you know, wokeness and one like, and you mentioned it PC, you know, how long ago PC what you know, was, and that, so we've been kind of dealing with this and I know the way Mm -hmm. I feel about it, but do you think that say for instance, the term tranny, which is, you know, now kind of verboten. um, But I remember when that, when we first started to hear, well, that's not a, that's not acceptable. That's that that's impolite and hurtful. I remember hearing RuPaul say, I'm gonna say that phrase. Like that's my phrase. I don't say that phrase with hurt. Uh I'm gonna keep saying that. And I I mean, I don't know where Ru is with it now, but I you know, I think there's that initial reaction of like, I'm still gonna say it, but you know, you end up kind of having to know that like, well, if I say that, I'm going to hurt young people's feelings. Um, and is that, has, 
has that kind of thing impacted your act in much of a way or a way where you feel you can't be as uh, anarchic well, yeah, you as know, you want to be? That's, that's an interesting question because it, it's also a generational thing. And Rue is, I think, about 10 years older than I am. Yeah. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s and before that, gay people, trans people, they called each other trannies. Yeah. You called each other faggots and all these other dykes. You, you yeah. did that because much like, you know, the other, the African-American community, they right. like these minorities have their own words that they take back that have right. been used to discriminate them. They take it back and they use it to have power over it. Right. You know, they, yeah. remember that whole controversy with Jay-Z was on Oprah and she was like, you can't use the N word. He's like, you're not understanding. Yeah. We're taking this word back in our communities. So it's, it's, so that it is a generational thing. So there is no malice when and the intention is not malice when RuPaul's saying that. Yeah. But to your point, and I've had, you know, it's it blows me out of the water, is I will have young people today get upset when I say ladies and gentlemen. And that just mm. cracks my head open. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, that's a very old vaudeville thing, right? Right, exactly. So, but... You know, if they don't know Suzanne Summers, they don't know Vaudeville. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, it to me being woke, it doesn't. It's not a bad. It means you're not an asshole. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, when people to me, and you know, you're part of the the comedy world. You know, there's a lot, plenty of male comics that say the crazy shit, and it is yeah. transphobic, homophobic, misogynistic. You know, we've all been part of the comedy world. Yes. You, they're just being assholes. Yeah. They're not being smart. They're not being cool. They're just assholes. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, to be woke is to be like, yeah, I respect my fellow human being. Right. And you can right. take the piss out of them and make fun of them. Right. But Andy, what, what would you, what's, what do you describe? Like, I don't even know how to articulate this, but the, the, you know, Joan Rivers, right? Yeah. And Don Rickles. Both of them said really hardcore shit. Oh. And some of it is obviously not uh, appropriate now. Yeah. But to me, I never thought they were angry, mean, spirited people. Yeah. They were loving and generous and all this stuff. And then they, so, but today, sometimes I think people that say hardcore shit, they actually mean it. Like, yes. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some. Well, I know, like Sarah Silverman. Used to say, yeah, you know, okay, that's a good example. She, she used to do really, really like super dark, you know, uh, you know, or dress up like Hitler for something. You know, she used to do like a lot of the first couple lines is, is about Hitler. Yeah, yeah, really. She used to do really kind of and, you know, and she even kind of knew that it was like to see, I mean, cause she's like snow white, you know, she's like, like a Disney princess, like pretty, <laughs> you know, dark princess saying yep. the most hateful, horrible things. There was something that was jarring and funny and, and, but, and, and I always, you know, I never, again, I knew like, you knew that she was, she didn't mean what she was saying. She was like on the right side of the material, in yes, a way, right? Yes. You know, like, like her intentions were to shock, but to educate and to expose, yes. you know, differences and stuff. Right. Well, the shock of the humor, I think, that, like, there's also just the shock. Like, I mean, you know, 
I, with my funny friends, I say horrible shit, you know, like about like murdering people or whatever, or, you know, and, and because, you know, well, a, you know, we, with each other, we, we have to deal in the hard stuff, you know, like, like we, we can't just, you know, we can't have a light beer together. We need to like mainline darkness in order to really enjoy, enjoy laughing at each other. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, we, as comedians, we need to confront dark things and we need to do stuff. You know, there's no line. I guess it's just a case by case basis, you know? in terms of like what you feel like you can say and what you can't say. Well, maybe, maybe it's even just about the intention. Yeah. You know, like, like when I watch Sarah Silverman, you know, it it is uncomfortable and she says uncomfortable stuff, but I, I feel like I know her intention. And like with Chris Rock, you know, he's more, um, I'm a big fan of his. He's more loose of what he says. Yeah. But I kind of get this sense from him too, like like watching Joan Rivers. Like he'll say stuff, and but his intention is he's on the right side of the material. Yeah. He's not, you know, and he's calling out white people and he's calling out black people and he's yep. calling out gay people. Yeah. But the intention isn't to denigrate them. Well, I don't want to get into the whole David Chappelle thing, but the but the yeah. but the intentions are different. You know, it's yeah. but it's all nuanced. I, you you can't police that either. Yeah. You know. Do. You, you can't. Did you uh, do you ever tour? And I mean, in your career, have you toured clubs like just regular run of the mill comedy clubs where people didn't know that you were trans? I kind of came up in a different path. Like I toured with Dita Montes like all over the country. OK, like, you know, 10 times over. And like, you know, and I've done like the West End and I've done definitely done some comedy clubs. Yeah. And uh so it's never something I'll say in the act, right? I never, I never say anything about it. Mm-hmm. And people, especially comedy clubs, are, they can be a little more, you know, conservative. But one of the one of the things I do early on, right? So it's like a it's my litmus test of how much yeah. trouble I'm going to be in that night. <laughs> is I'll do, I'll do this joke, and somebody in the front row, and I'm like, "What's your name, Jim?" Okay, Jim. I'm going to do an impersonation of you looking at me. So I'll do this, and then have him staring at. Like deer and headlights look, right? <laughs> and then I'll say, Jim, I'm reading your mind. I know what you're thinking. Is it a man or a woman? Is it a man or a woman? And I'll say, Jim, the answer is no. <laughs> and then usually th- that joke follows by, for the four people that got that joke, give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. For the rest of you, it's going to be the longest seven minutes of your fucking life tonight. <laughs> so I think... You know, I, I'm a big believer of camp comedy and like disarming, yeah. like using comedy to disarm. So, you know, that's like the joke that I say, okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room, so to speak. Right. And then I, I know it's not a big deal. Is it? Let's have some fun with it. And that, that also, too, is where hope lies. Having some fun with it. Being able to, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, I don't know how we get from, because I've always noticed about like old people and especially like old, like of my grandparents generation they would they would have friends that were of different ethnicities but it was always like well that's the way you italians are you know they it was con- <laughs> like you know jim the italian was jim the italian and jerry the greek was jerry the greek you know and then it's like oh you greek and everyone was kind of categorized by that but they were friends 
but they would bust balls based on these, you know, yeah. stereotypes, basically. I was doing it last night. I was like, because I'm half Italian, half Irish. I was like, you know, my my friend, we ordered the cheese ravioli. Yeah. And, they, and the Parmesan came and there wasn't a spoon in it. And my friend literally, without it, younger than I am, just threw up her hands and was like, where's the spoon? Where's the spoon? Where's the spoon in the cheese? I'm like, oh, these fucking Italians. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes stereotypes are based on facts. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, my point is that they were always, you know, that was kind of some love mixed up in there. There was, yeah. you know, it was all like, you know, gentle kind of poking. And I wonder how we get from there to, you know, where everybody accepts everybody and we all just have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's, it's such a, there's so many stops and starts in the way it all, it all develops. And, uh. And I and I just you know I just hope that it keeps going in in terms of I just want everyone to get along. That's all. No, That's, I mean you know. yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, and, and you know I know there's a lot of debates about is comedy dead and all that crap. You know I don't think it's dead. I don't think it's ever going to die because ultimately, um, from the old days to today, people yeah. want to be entertained, and the world today uh, is more. I would say on record is more of a shit show than it ever has been. Yeah. So we actually need the relief. You know, yeah. we need to watch funny shows. We need to watch talk shows. We need to listen to podcasts just to have some break of reality that's a literal burning dumpster fire. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think comedy's going anywhere. Right. You know, maybe the answer is just don't be a fucking asshole about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. as simple as that. And, yep. you know, and if it's not for you, you know, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, yeah. don't watch the show. Don't watch it. Right. Do, has your act do you feel like there's been i mean obviously your act has changed over the years but has it changed in any kind of like thematic way that you can feel like does it become more personal does it become you know sort of yeah you know less henny youngman references as time goes on uh you yeah, know. I mean, I think yeah i mean i think like henny youngman right he, he had the one lines boom boom yes. boom 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 yeah. boom yeah you know and so, you know, I still have that kind of, I keep going, and no one's going to know what, what I'm talking about, but the Catskills, Borscht Belt yeah. kind of rhythm, you yeah. know, like the, the, yeah. the one that they did, did, did. Right. But, you know, I do over the years, and the young generation has helped me in this. And, you know, I do bring a little bit of more of my real life into it, real yeah. like relationships and, you know, where it's like, it's not long form, an hour of, of, you know, a monologue of my life and all that shit, but it's like, you know, there'll be a little singing, then there'll be some one-liners, get everybody warmed up, and then there'll be an extended story that is based on my life, but through the lens of Marie. So it has been, it's more personal. And, you know, the Trump years kind of forced my hand. Yeah. And I, I never, I made a point never to like speak of him or anything like that. But, you know, in my shows, I'd always do a countdown at the end of like, you know, how many days you know, at the end of the, the set or the show, I'd be like, all right, drum roll. We're, you know, 250 days left till he's out of office. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I had this, I have this joke and I still say it. It's not a joke, but it's, it, I say, uh, you know, I say this at the top of the show. No matter where I am, I said, uh, I say, you know, no matter who you are, where you're from, what you do, who you do and how you do who you do, 
we're all accepted in this house tonight. Yeah. So, you know, so to me, that's that's a political thing in my mind, in my, my intention. But it's not like, you know, fuck you if you're a Republican. Fuck you. It's yeah, just like, hey, yeah. tonight we're good. Everybody's yeah. good. And, you know, and if you vote this way or you vote, it doesn't matter. Tonight yeah. we're good. Yeah, let's put down the arms, you know, like let's put down our weapons and just laugh and relax. The show business fun, Andy. It is. It, that's the idea. You you pay for a ticket. You're supposed to come there to laugh, not get it, not yeah. get mad. No. Does Does Murray uh, is there? We I mentioned you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, does Murray creep into your relationships in a way sometimes that's like get out of here, Murray? Uh, you know, I mean, is there, do you, or is there sometimes like identity crises where you feel like, I don't know if, if I, if, if I'm more Murray than me. Yeah. I think, I think when I was younger, that was definitely, the lines were very blurred. And, you know, I, when I was first starting, I was like out every night, you know, pushing it, doing shows, guest appearance, you know, hitting the board, yeah. another vaudeville term. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I was with a non-showbiz person who had a day job. Yeah. And, you know, there was, you know, the it's a lifestyle thing. It's a very different lifestyle. But, you know, I'm coming home at four or five o'clock in the morning. She's yeah. getting up to go to work. You know, I'm drinking and drugging and doing all that shit in the 90s. Yeah. So, you know, it did get confusing. And it, and it was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't have like a personal life that was different than showbiz. Yeah. So, you know, there was bad relationships, breakups, heartache, all that shit, therapy. You know, so now I do have a space to, you know, have a personal life that's not Murray. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing is Murray is me. So that that's something I've had to work out, too. Yeah. Actually, this is, you know, all right, this is me. Right, right. So this person's in there. This vibe is in there, you know, but it's also, you know, I think a lot of comedians... And personas always say, you know, are you on? Are you on all the time? Yeah. So now I'm not on all the time. But it right, took a lot of right. work, Andy. A lot of work <laughs> and a lot of money. And I still that's have I a bill gonna, I got to pay her. I was going to say, that's, I mean, has therapy been pretty uh, instrumental in that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And anything. Because, you I, know, a therapist, you know, she she doesn't give a shit if you had an article in the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't, doesn't want to hear about it. Right. Doesn't care. Yeah, so let's let's get to the issues here. So, yeah, yeah. I think just the fact that my therapist is, has nothing to do with, does not give a shit or care about showbiz in any way. Yeah, yeah, it's helpful. And I have that a gay way. therapist because I have two. The first thing every time the session, I go, "Oh my god, Murray, I saw you in this. Oh my god, I love that episode. Oh my god, did you hear about Bridget doing that?" You know, so- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a friend that. Um, uh, who's writer at the end of a session once the therapist asked uh, if they, they could be connected to their literary agent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my friend stopped going to that therapist. Yeah, that was like, that, no, no, yes, no, no. Okay. No. I won't be, I won't be making next week's appointment. So yeah. Unless uh, I get 10% from your goddamn book deal. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a good Well, what's, uh, what, what do you want to... What do you want to do with the rest of your life? That's a simple question. Um, you know, like, do you want to just kind of keep doing the same? Do you see yourself living in New York forever? Well, you know, as far as location, it, you know, it as things get a little bit more divided in the country right now, there's there's not too many places you can go where you, you could feel okay. So, sure is. So yep. as far as that goes, I'm, I'm going to stay in New York uh, yeah. for the meantime. You know, I think it, I've always, you know, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be on TV, right? And, you know, I've had 25 years of rejection. To get yeah. There. I mean, a mil- you know, you know how it is, a million rejections. Sure. And I finally got a little break on the HBO show. And then I got, you know, which I play a character, but the Drag Me to Dinner show, I'm the host and it's like an unscripted show. Right. And then I really get to be Murray in the element. You know, I got the suits, the rings, you know, the whole shtick going down. Yeah. And. You know, so it's that's another step. So, you know, my dream is is to have like a Dean Martin show, like my wow. own show and ch- casual like that and joyful yeah. and 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 old school, which and to be old school is not like ancient material. Right. Old school to me means entertaining. Yeah. And like what you said, we were talking about like Johnny and the old and even Conan and, and you, you know, where you just you weren't going on something to promote something or this and that. You're just going to have fun. Yeah. Talk and you know, the the excitement of showbiz. Yeah. So that's that's what I, you know, I want to be that uh, you know, Johnny Carson at, at Dean Martin that, you know, yeah. they were like 90, they were still doing their show, and then they were, you know, having dinner by themselves at the hamburger hamlet yeah, in yeah, LA, yeah. like right. you know, with the every night. Out. Yeah, every <laughs> night. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I would I would love to see you uh host like a playboy after dark you know like that old show with the where it's like taking place at a at a swanky apartment where you know beautiful people are partying in the background and oh look over there there's a jazz trio that we're going to listen to you know Um, and and that was showcasing talent yeah it was a real a a real like uh you know uh, admiration for artists yeah and and it was glamorous and it was casual and it was you know it wasn't so the way everything is now so can't yeah know? yeah i love that show. or do you or do you mean like a variety i mean or would you like to do like a variety show the way that that you know dean martin's variety show was well it's kind of like a, a cross between you know like the the dean martin show the playboy after dark you know watch yeah. what happens live it's all that yeah that kind of stuff oh it sounds great i would love to i would i would watch that in a minute yeah i'm like thank you yeah it's, sure. it's just you know just light Fun humor, can't be. Yeah. And I'm yep. a huge fan of Paul Rubens, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like those shows, they were, you know, they they had their message in them, but yep. they were universal and and funny. No, I yeah, I he's one of my heroes, my one of my comedy heroes, uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee. 
uh, for Pee Wee Herman for people that they, you know don't know. Um, All right, for showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything? I mean, is there anything? Any particular thing that you feel like you've left undone in in? Well, I was going to say in co- you know in comedy or in show business, uh, but it could be in anything. You know, I mean. Well, yeah, I think I, I haven't uh, you know haven't had my a chance to do my own show yet. Yeah. So I think that's uh, definitely a goal of mine. You know, I was, I was actually, you know, kidding, all kidding aside, I did have therapy this morning. And, you know, the one thing that I have to deal with, and this isn't uh, funny or anything, it's, it's uh, being real with you. One thing I got to figure out is is how to cut cut those last 30 pounds off. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I think I've spent so much of my life doing showbiz and, and living a certain way. Now that I'm older, I'm like, shit, I actually have to pay attention to my health. And I think, yeah, like, you know, what too. would you tell kids when you were younger? Like, I would be like, you know what? Take better care of yourself. You know, I didn't need to eat and drink and smoke and do all pills and all that. Yeah. Shit. You know, and, uh, you know, I feel it now. I'm 57 and I'm right there with you. I'm really yeah, you like, great. I always felt like oh, I'm going to, you know, like, uh, I, but I mean, I'm 57. There's all kinds of shit that like I'll eventually get and get around to being better at that, you know, like working harder at writing my own stuff or being more organized or, you know, just all kinds of things that like, I'm going to get around to doing that. It's like, uh, well, honey, you better start now because, you know, the clock is ticking. Right. Because now like I've always had, I'll get around to it too. Yeah. You know, I I was just on, it's not out yet, but I was just on Celebrity Family Feud with Uh um, Steve Harvey. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's sixty-five or something. Yeah, you know that sounds and, about know, right. He's, yeah, he's probably a billionaire at this point. But you know his whole thing, and you know he didn't take care of himself. Yeah, always working, always doing showbiz, eating, drinking, doing all kinds of stuff. And you know he said when he got into his fifties, he was like, "I realized that I wanted to enjoy the fruits of my labor." Yeah. All, and not feel pain in the ass every time you get out of bed, like yeah. I do, and like you said you did, and and also that he wanted to be around for his family and his friends. Yeah. So it's like that's that's a mentality that I relate to now, but I definitely didn't when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the answer. It's like I want to. Yeah. I want to do my Steve Harvey, you know, second chance at health at fifty one. I agree with you, and it is. I mean, because you know. It's like, it's like when people tell people to stop smoking, you know, it's like, it's not good for you. Oh, really? No shit. I didn't know that. Like I never, I I didn't read on the side of the package that this will kill me, but it's, it's another thing to quit it. And that's with me, like there's, you know, in terms of losing weight and exercising more, I know, I know everything we just talked about. I know all that. And yet when it comes down to it, there's a lot of times where I'm like, well, I could get on that treadmill right now or, you know, I could read a book and I read the book, you know, or, or do a crossword or whatever. And I, I hear you. I got it. I got to fucking figure it out. I was actually, I did a live version of this podcast, uh, in San Francisco at Cobb's comedy club for part of the mm-hmm. San Francisco sketch fest. And it was Rachel Dratch was the guest. And at the end, yeah. they asked us, like, what would you tell your younger self? And my thing was, learn to love cardio. And everyone laughed. I was like, I'm not fucking kidding. I mean it. I really, and I've told my kids, I'm like, just, 
I force yourself. I don't know because I feel it's too late for me, but not for you. You know, like <laughs> just get on a treadmill and just push through like hating it. Cause I've never, you know, I, I've gone to the gym as long as I've made money. Cause that's the only way I could go to the gym was make sure that somebody was waiting for me there. Yeah. Pay, exactly. pay a trainer to do it. And I understand what a little Lord Fauntleroy routine that is, but, uh, that's the way, uh, and I never got to the point like where I hear people say like, oh, I, I got to work out. I haven't worked out in a while. I'm like, what do you mean? You haven't, you know, you haven't taken cough medicine in a while. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, Jesus Christ. I, I but I got it. You know, just, I'm, I'm just really hoping that science advances to where we can finally just be that brain in a jar, keep the fun rolling. <laughs> you know? Getting close with that with that diabetes thing everybody's taking in LA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Oze yeah, yeah. That Ozempic. <laughs> I actually, I had a my doc, my cardiologist said, you know, there's a drug that you can use for that, and I was like, oh, okay. And he had me go consult with somebody on it, and then it's like I found out how much it fucking costs, and you know, SAG Insurance is not picking it up. I was like, that's all right. I, I think I'll stick with my Weight Watchers app and see how I, how I do on my own. So <laughs> I have faith in us, Andy. I do too. It's I do too. too late. When we see each other next, people are going to be like, I'm, I'm worried about them. They're both too skinny. There's <laughs> something wrong. Um, well, Marie, it's been so great having you. Um, I want uh, the the final, you know, these the, the gimmick of this thing is the three questions, and the last one is, "What have you learned?" And I wonder, you know, do you have something to just tell people when they ask, like, "What's the point of it all?" Or do you have advice for people? Uh, and 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 what would be your answer for that? You know, I, I've I've definitely had a lot of ups and a lot of downs and a lot yeah. of down downs, and and then. You know, I, my shrink made a joke. You know, he said, Murray, you know, there with every back door, there's a trap door to another back door. You know, so <laughs> like the, the, the low point can get lower and lower and lower. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I've been in, in that space. And it's kind of simple, but, you know, I feel like you can get through anything. And you ne you never think, you know, you never think that you can get through anything when you're in it. Yeah. And you don't have that perspective. But, you know, life unfortunately is full of ups and downs and that's actually part of it and it's never going to be great all the time it's never going to be bad all the time and to yeah. just you know in in my career and in my personal life you know i i'm like the the guy that doesn't quit yeah you know i keep going it you know it's like rocky getting pounded you know yeah. i'm like rocky how many damn movies do we have to have come out 50 yeah yeah and then when those movies are done then we're going to do creed what are we on the the 10th Creed film something now? like that yeah yeah you know it doesn't it's stop. now it's so, now it's know, like I, a superhero universe yeah and that's just to stay in the ring you know yeah you you, you can survive the punches and you know you, you can get that championship belt you just got to hang in there that's that's yeah. the advice andy and for well, you and i personally to get on the treadmill <laughs> to get on the treadmill or the bike depending on how the knees feel um yes. well murray hill thank you so much uh for the time and uh i hope our paths Andy, cross pleasure. soon I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours thank you and i'm fan. a big fan of yours well, too I, you. I i'd love to buy you a drink sometime maybe yeah we'll go to the gym and then we'll, we'll go to the gym smoothie. 
get a smoothie, right. Or, you know, some kind of juice, you know. And, and we'll walk in West Hollywood with tight shorts and see what happens. <laughs> well, chafing, I imagine. Chafing would be the main thing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Got to end on your best joke. That's right. That's it. That's a good one. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, I'll be back next week. And uh, that was the three questions. Goodbye. Showbiz. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, We have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.